Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be.
you came here as a man and I know you understand what it's like to walk these roads my little problems they don't compare to what you had to bear but he takes them as his own because of all the blood and tears you shed I won't ever have to know that kind of loneliness oh, your spirit never leaves me even when I'm hurting I don't have to bear that burden on my own you carried all the pain and buried all the shame when you made that rugged tree your righteous throne and because of you I'll never walk alone can you just hear the words of that simple song how it just feels, how close the Heavenly Father wants to be with us. How much He just wants to hold us in His arms. How much He just wants to know you are hurting. I know you're hurting at times, and I know at times things are difficult. But I'm here to bear your burdens. You see, He came here like a man. I know He understands what it's like to walk these roads my problems they don't compare to the things he had to bear but he takes them as his own all because of all the blood and tears he shed I won't ever have to know I'll never be alone any loneliness oh your spirit never leaves me even when I'm hurting I don't have to bear any burden on my own oh you carried all the pain and buried all the shame when you made that rugged tree your righteous throne and because of you I'll never walk alone oh you carried all the pain and buried all the shame and you made that rugged tree your righteous throne and because of you I'll never walk alone Oh, because of you I'll never walk Never walk this Christian life from the day you kneel down to pray to the day he takes you home you will never walk alone
tell you my spirit has a message for you this morning if you could bear with me just one second I'll try to be quick so the word that is coming through to me this morning the sacrificial death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ there are some this morning that will feel such rejection from your earthly father our Heavenly Father our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he died brokenhearted, full of questions. For the Father had rejected him for the first time in his life. There's no greater pain than the rejection of a father. But our Lord made a way that we could have a heavenly Father that would never leave us nor forsake us. And I want to call into remembrance this morning some of you sitting here you may not even realize it. Your enemy had plans for you as a child for the rejection 
in the absence of an earthly father, for you to feel that and to wear that your entire life. But the Lord sent a godly man into your life to raise you up. Right? Don't forget it. The Lord said, call into remembrance this morning. That was the message in my spirit. Love him. Right. 
wonder is at the mention of your name. Somebody say Jesus this morning. Jesus, your name is power, breath of living water, such a marvelous mystery.
She gets me up here and she says, you're going to do it. When the enemy surrounds you and the walls are closing in, when the tide is swiftly rising and you wonder where God's been, friend, there's never been a moment that his arms aren't reaching out. You can rest assured and be secure God is moving right now stand still and let God move standing still is hard to do when you feel that you have reached the end he'll make a way for you stand still are closing in when the tide is slipping rising and you wonder where God's been when there's never been a moment that his hands are reaching out you can rest assured and be secure God is moving right now stand still and let God move. 
the song last week, God gave me a beautiful reminder of Mary and Martha. And so I know that this song is about coming to the throne room, but when we can come and sit at Jesus's feet this morning and join in heaven's song, we'll worship. And Martha was worried about many things. And oftentimes a lot of us are more like her. I'll be the first to admit that. But you can choose this morning to be like Mary and sit at Jesus's feet and worship. Oh 
veil is torn, the doors fling wide. I see glory as I run inside the throne room. Because of Jesus, we have access this morning. this morning about Father's Day and DJ uh, taught Sunday school this morning and he got on uh, to me about brokenness. He got on about the broken lives and I thought to myself if there's ever been a problem in our country, in our churches, in our world, it's broken lives. They're broken homes there are broken relationships with parents, broken relationship with children, and broken relationships in our government, everything from the top down. And we live in a broken time. Now, I don't know about you, fathers, and I want to address the fathers. On Mother's Day, I address the mothers, and I want to address the fathers for a purpose. Mothers was, I talked about Elizabeth uh, having John the Baptist, how she was in the end of her age and get God blessed her with a, a, a special son. Jesus said no one born like John the Baptist, no greater. And uh, I want to talk to you about fathers today. But I began to think about that and I began to think about how, how the world has come. And I can tell you that the enemy is behind what we're doing in our country. The enemy is behind the destruction of our homes, the destruction of our families. How can we ever stand together as a church if we're not on the same page? How can we stand together as a country if we're not on the same page? And I have to put the blame where the blame goes. I don't know about you fathers, if you're a father here today, I feel guilty about the day we live in. Uh, you may not think 
You think you did everything right? Well, that's okay. But I'll tell you, I've not prayed enough. I've not stood in the gap enough. I've not spoken up enough, and neither have you. Fathers, we have a responsibility. It was given by God. It's never changed. God didn't change it from the time he started with people. He gives fathers a call in life, and he gives mothers a call in life. And I can tell you right now, if you're a father here today, quit making excuses why you're not walking like God wants you to walk. And I, when I say that, I heard somebody this morning say, don't change the gospel. If you change the gospel, you're changing it to adapt for you. But you have to face the whole gospel. And I can tell you the whole gospel is this word of God. And it's the word that Christ came down. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us to guide us to be men of God. Men of God. Fathers of God. And because we have strayed from that, because our relationship is strained, from God's word, from God himself. This is God's word. This ain't Tim Pruitt's translation. This is God's translation. And you either accept what God says do, or you go like the world is and you'll make up your own way. And you'll want God to bless what you're doing. And I'm going to tell you something, other. God's awful silent today. And that's scary. i tell you right now, I got more worried when my parents were silent. I'd rather they scream and holler at me. You know, Pop just usually whipped you. Mom hollered at you for a while. You know, I used to tell Shirley, don't holler. I'm just wear them out. <laughs> Get it over with. You're driving me crazy. How many knows what I'm talking about? But you know what? It is not because I want you to beat your kids. I want you to correct your kids. That's all I was told to do. I was taught to correct my kids. And you can think that's terrible, you know. Now, somebody will hear this today and they'll say, oh, this guy loves to beat kids. No, I never, I never felt good about whipping any kid. But there was a time they asked for it. And you know what? There was a time I asked for it. And you know what? I praise God my father loved me enough to give it to me. And I might not have understood it then, but I understood it better now. And sometimes I'd look at my kids and I'd think, poor little kids, all the time I'm raising them, poor little kids. I bet they can't wait to get out from under dad. But when they got out from under dad and they were still acting up, you know what? I wish I'd have whipped them twice as much. <laughs> Just for the call of the day. Because you know what? I want to snap that thing that the enemy is driving in every one of us to go off and do what we want to. And you know what I'm talking about if you're here and you're a parent or you're here and you're a father uh, or a... Uh, a man, you know that God requires you to set the example that God put before you. And you know what? I'm not talking about what you think's right. I'm talking about what God says is right. I want you to turn to Genesis, if you will, the 18th chapter. We sing the song. How many have sung the song? Father Abraham has many, many sons. Let me tell you something. We're children of Abraham. Can I tell you, and I'll say it again, God ain't changed since he called Abraham, Aaron. He ain't changed. When he says this to Aaron, I will tell you something. You need to read into it, fathers, because it'll correct America today if you listen to it. 18th chapter, I want you to look at verse 16. 
This is when the angels came and they were telling them about Sodom and Gomorrah going to be destroyed. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them, verse 16 of, of Genesis 18. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Oh, God, he ain't hiding what he's getting ready to do. I don't know if you know it, fathers, but it's coming. Judgment is coming upon America. If America don't do what DJ started out with Nehemiah, if you don't start out repenting, that's how we're going to correct this. Number one, us parents, us fathers need to repent. You say, oh, not me. Oh, no, I did the best I could. I did everything right. Look at my kids. They're perfect. Let me tell you something. You ain't home yet. And if you, be, uh, you can say everything went rosy so far. I remember my, my little boys and my little daughter, just this little precious little kid. They didn't have a mean body and they didn't have a mean, uh, you know, an evil part of them anywhere. But how many knows the world has a, a, a way of getting to you, a way of calling you out of that, taking your innocence from you. He goes on to say, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now here's what I want you to hear. For I know him, God said, that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do just and righteous or justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Now, I read that for a purpose. Number one, I want you to understand this. God knew Abraham. Hear what I'm telling you. God knew him when he called him. He called him and told him to get out from his people. He knew him when he gave him those promises of you're going to have a son, a, a son by your wife Sarah, and they're both old people. He has already promised him, and he, when Abraham looked at the stars, God said, look at the stars. This is the promise. You look at the stars, you can't count the stars, nor will you be able to count all the children that will come through Abraham. Why? Because Abraham believed God. And God knew who Abraham was when he called him. And God knows you, fathers. He already knows you. He knows what's going on inside. He knows when you're stepping back, and he knows when you're stepping forward. He knows when you have faith in God and when you have no faith in God. Hear what I'm saying? Because, see, God, I, there will come a time when you're studying the Bible and you're teaching or preaching or you're singing or you're, you're walking with God and you're raising your family, and you'll think, boy, I got, it. I got it pretty straight. I'm doing a pretty good job. Then all of a sudden you realize God shows you some things in you that you never saw before. And you'll say, I need to correct to me. God's still working on me. You know God's still working on me? And he'll work on me till the day because he's trying to prepare me, get me ready for home. And if I'm ever going to be any good for my kids or my that's left behind, my household, I've got to be the father that God called me to be. Listen to me, fathers. I'm not trying to condemn you. We've got a lot of beautiful men here that do a lot of beautiful things with their children. 
And I praise God for you. And I'm not telling you be like me. I'm telling you, listen to what God is saying. Because he says, I know him that he will command his children. He didn't say, I'll baby them. I'll give them everything they want. I'll, I'll, I'll give them a lot of money. I'll prepare them with a good job. I'll take care of them. No. He says that he will command his children. Did you know, fathers, there's a right and wrong when you're giving your children the, right, the way they want to go and a lot of times knows the right answer. And if we don't start telling no to our children, then you're going to find your children's in the world. Completely gone the other way. You wonder why they don't follow you? They don't follow you because you never commanded that they follow you. When they're little children, they, just like I told you, there was seven of us kids. We never got asked to go to church. You got in the car, you went. Mom and dad was going, you're going. And you'll sit there and shut your mouth and you'll pay attention. And your dad's just liable to ask you a question of what he said. And I'm not telling you my dad was hard. My dad knew the responsibility he had. Whether he was good at it or not, he wanted to deal with what God had given him. The only way I can give them back to God is teach them the way God has told me to teach them. Abraham, three different times in the Bible, is called a friend of God. Once in, I think it's in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7, and I think the other one's Isaiah 41, 8. And then last week I read the other one, and it's in James 2, 23, in the New Testament. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, for he was called a friend of God. Listen to me. I don't know who your friends are, but your first friend ought to be him. <laughs> Listen to me, Father. If you're not a friend of him, he knows it. If you're really not in a right relationship with him, he already knows where you are. He already knows. You're not deceiving nobody. You might be putting on a white sheet around everybody else and look good, but the truth is God knows what you're doing in the background. He knows if you love him and if you're teaching your children right. But we want to see our children accomplish what they want. Listen to me. I never meant to be on the railroad. I worked on a railroad 38 years. My dad wanted me to work at Formica right behind him. I went out there, me and Destel did, and they told us they wasn't hiring us. They wouldn't hire us. Wouldn't even give us an application. And they needed people. We was the wrong kind of people at that time. Just telling you the way it happened. Not picking at nobody, it's just the way our world changes. But can I tell you something? Another God made his own plan for my steps, just like he does you. That this still doesn't excuse me. It, I would talk to guys on the railroad that said, you can't live a Christian life on the railroad. They're gone all the time on the weekend. You can't go to church. You can't even be, spend time with your family. And you know what? I had that in my mind when I went. I could either surrender to it and stay at home and raise my children to say, don't worry about going to church. God don't want me to go to church. He'd give me a better job. 
I could have blamed it on everything else. But you know what I had to do? I had to make up my mind all of my years on the railroad to work at being off every Sunday. So I would switch jobs, switch shifts, switch everything all the time. You think I'm patting myself on the back? No, I was striving for life. I was striving to be the father that I knew I was supposed to be. And I failed my children and I failed my wife many times. But can I tell you something? I'm still striving to walk the walk that God gave me to walk. And you, fathers, you've got to walk it. You've got to live it in front of your children. How can you lead your children if you're not walking it yourself? When I say that, there's a lot of things that I'm going to say to you that you're going to have to hear what I'm telling you because it is important if you're going to grow in him. Your relationship with him has got to be first and it's got to be solid. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 6 if you can. This is Moses. Now Abraham said he was commanding his children and he said at the end of that 19th verse in, in Genesis, he said, they shall keep the way of the Lord to do just and right. You know what? We're supposed to do just and right. And that means, parents, I don't care what generation you live in. There's a right and a wrong for the fathers and the mothers of this land right now. And you know what? I can't go and vote for things that the world's going for. I can't even, uh, I can't even deal with some of the stuff they're dealing with. It's anti-God. And if you don't make up your mind it's anti-God and begin to pray against that, you're never going to change nothing. It can be changed when we repent. God's been calling us to repentance all of our life. And I don't care what the world says, he's still calling you to repentance. Because the Christians need to repent for not doing what God's given them to do. And nobody wants to hear this, I know, but that's what God gave me, so I'm going to give it to you. Deuteronomy 6, look at verse 6. The responsibility to pass it on. Let me tell you something, it's not the church's responsibility to teach your children. It's mom and dad. Hear what I'm telling you now. You can look at me all you want to. You can blame the teachers, you can blame the preacher, you can blame the how educated we are, how uneducated we are. I'll tell you right now, I don't care if we filled your kid with all kinds of stories and all kinds of entertainment to keep them in church. That's not what they need. They need mom and dad to teach them the way of God. It says in verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. This is Moses, and he's talking to the generation that's going to go into the promised land. The other generation, their forefathers, would died in the wilderness because they failed God. But here is Moses repeating God's way to, his, to the children before they go into the promised land. And he said, These words I command this day shall be in your heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and thou shalt be, they shall be frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. How many knows he's serious about what where the word of God is? 
It's supposed to be in front of your face. It's supposed to be put in front of your children's face. We got a world that says that's not important. We're more interested in who, well, I said last week, who shot John. It's who, who got a hit and who didn't get a hit on the ball game. We're more interested, and I played ball my life. So I can tell you right now, I'm not against ball. But that cannot take priority over what God has given you as a father. You want to be a successful father? It ain't how many stories you tell them. It ain't how much you show them things. It's you walking with God because that's what they're going to do. They're not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. And if you study the Word of God and it's in you, guess what's going to come out of you? The Word of God. So you feed it in your soul and you begin to walk before your family. Now, you know what? I, they can, you know, my, I remember my kids saying to me, Dad, you're philosophizing again. Dad, you're, you're giving us another story. Just whip me and get it over with, Dad. <laughs> I know that's what they felt like. But see, as a father, it was breaking my heart that they weren't the innocent little kids. I was trying to pull them back. I was trying to get a hold of them and say, wait a minute, the world's pulling you that way. Yeah, dad's old-fashioned. Yeah, dad's old. I'm still hung up on what Abraham said. So you call me old-fashioned if you want, but until you find what Abraham said and what is being poured out in this word, you're not going to walk the right way. You're going to keep being led off the other way. I want to turn to Joshua, first chapter. There's a pattern going on here. First Abraham, then Moses, and then Joshua. Joshua's going to take over for Moses because Moses dies. He doesn't get to go into the promised land. Joshua's going to take over. And when God calls Joshua, listen to what he says to him in verse 1, or chapter 1 of verse 5. He said, there shall not be, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Just as sure as my father could raise seven kids and teach them about God, I should be able to raise my children and teach them about God. My father had a seventh grade education. We look at it like education's everything. We look at it like, and you know what? The more educated we get, the dumber we get, and the farther away, away we get from God's word. I'm trying not to be too hard on you, but I'm going to tell you the truth, and that's the truth. And it's evidence all across our country. That's why I know us fathers, I don't care if you're in church or out of church, you still need to understand we need to repent of the things that we're not teaching our children because the generations are getting slower and slower back. They're farther away. They don't want to hear nothing we got to say. Somebody's built them an alternate route. Let's go the other way. And that's what they're doing. And you wonder what happened. And you and I wonder what happened. The devil's at work and he's never quit. Just because you got saved doesn't make the devil go uh, pack his bags and leave. No, he's, he's rearing up. He's going to destroy you and everything you're doing. He said... As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For under the people, under this people, shalt thou divide an inheritance of the land which I swear unto the father, to their fathers to give them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous. Again, he tells him, that thou mayest observe to do all according to all the law. You mean God's word, all of it, is important? Yes, it is. You may read stuff and you say it don't matter. I'm going to tell you something. God ain't changed his mind about marriage. God ain't changed his mind about homosexuality. God ain't changed his mind about the aborting of babies. He ain't changed his mind about nothing. But yet we keep right on falling down that pit and accepting whatever the enemy tells us. Okay, don't be so critical. You know what? God's still against sin. How many hears that? He's still against sin. So as long as he is, me and you need to repent. I don't know what to tell you. You know what? I, I was thinking of Job this morning. Here Job was obviously a good father. It says in the first chapter, he got on his knees and cried and prayed that his children might sin. That's, the father's, that's a father that loved his children, and he lost them all. But God restored him. Hear what I'm telling you. There's something bigger, and the only reason we're not being fought so much is because we put up no resistance. We follow the plans of whatever the world's doing, whatever the enemy puts up. If they say it ain't important to go to church, let's don't go to church. Let's put it, let's put it on another uh, level. Let's put it on some kind of a uh, drive-by shooting because that's about what they're trying to do. They want to drive by, pick up their tape, and go and listen to it on their time. Don't get in the way of my schedule. i got a busy schedule. Let me tell you something. God ain't going to get in the way of nothing. He's going to let you walk right off the end of the cliff if that's what you want to do. But if you're going to be a man of God and see the blessings of God, you're going to have to say, I'm a father and I have a responsibility for every one of those children that God gave me. Every one of them. I'm responsible. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Father, love them enough to tell them the truth. Don't let them go to the schools and let them tell you a bunch of stories. And I said this before. I had one of my kids come home and tell me that me and her mother, me and their mother was racist. And I looked at them. I said, next time your teacher tells you we're racist, you tell the teacher what our address and You tell her I am waiting on the porch for her. <laughs> you know what? That's a shame that they get into school and start raising your children. They have no idea what they're talking about. Yet they set the, they set the bar. They set the platform of what it's going to be. They make up the questions. They make up the answers. And you know who's behind making them up? The enemy. It ain't God. God's already got it written down. He says... He says, Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. How many knows Joshua was given the, the same call Moses was? Teach them about God's way. Listen to me, parent. I know you feel like a failure. I feel like a failure many times. But can I tell you, teach your children God's way. Don't accept what the world's telling them. You teach them God's way. And if you and your wife can't get on the same page about it, then you step out, Father, because you're responsible. Get on the same page and begin to fight for it. Begin to stand and begin to get in the Word of God and know what God is saying to teach them. 
all the way to the end of Joshua. Joshua reigned for about 24 years, and Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. But Joshua died. Right before he died, he died at 110 years old. Now, I want you to hear something. Joshua had kind of laid out the plan, and it's the same plan Moses had. But he told the people, this is the way I'm going to lead you. You're going to follow God and God's way. Now he's come to the end, and they followed God's way. And they were, they were following Joshua and winning battles. But Joshua come to the end of his life. And it says in verse 24, 15, you've heard it many times. Joshua warns the people because he knows he's getting ready to die. And he says, and if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers, that your father, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Ammonites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, listen to what I'm telling you now. As for me and my house, don't tell me you can't stand up, man. Don't tell me, Father, you can't stand up. I don't care what your brother does. I don't care what your sister does. I don't care what the, the school tells you. I don't care what the, the Congress tells you. I don't even care what the law says. When it gets out of God's law, it's wrong and you're right. Stand on God's word. He's the one that wrote this. I didn't write it. He wrote it. He read it. He wrote it for us to read it that we could get it in our heart. If we don't get it in our heart, we're not going to live it. We're going to look for an escape goat. We're going to look for the escape way. And if we do it, guess what? Our children's not going to do no different. If you keep allowing the things in your life, Father, that you know is wrong, don't you dare think those children don't see it. If you don't come to church, guess what? Your, parent, your kids will not come to church one day. They'll say, Pop didn't go. He didn't need to, and he still walked with God. Look out. I'm going to tell you something. God requires that we come together. I need you, and you need me. You may not like me, but you still got to love me. You know what? We got to work at this. We've got to learn that God put this together. Not, not my ideal. It's God's ideal. These are our forefathers to the gospel. These are our forefathers. These are the prophets that spoke the things that God had put, ordained, and God didn't need to change anything. He made it a clear path. God's word still stands. Greater than even our Constitution, God's word stands. Want to get down? I want to get down to uh, Proverbs. I want to get to Solomon. Turn, if you will, to the fourth chapter of Proverbs. Now, Solomon had his problems, but I want you to hear what he says, what he's teaching here. Solomon, in the third chapter, the third verse, said, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Listen to Solomon. You think Solomon learned this on his own? No. You know who taught him? His father taught him. See, you may think, oh, well, 
If God don't teach my child that, then God don't want to use them that way. No, it's the responsibility of the fathers and the mothers to lead your children and to teach them about God's way. And if you do, and they get it in their mind, you know what we don't see today? We see very few missionaries. I'm talking about real missionary people, real parents of godly people raising their children to be missionaries to go out and spread the gospel, to go out and evangelize, to go out and work for God. They don't do that no more. No, it's about education. It's about how much money you're going to make, what kind of position you got. And I can tell you right now, none of it is ever going to go with you. It's going, you're going, if you go to heaven, you'll leave every bit of behind. It won't do you but one bit of good. Yet we spend our whole world on that. And I, I have to tell you, I don't care if your wife is pushing it. If you're the man of the house, stand up and say, wait a minute, what about God? What about God? Let's pray before you go to college. Let's pray before you get a boyfriend. Let's pray before you get a girlfriend. Because I can tell you right now, if you don't help God, I, I like Abraham. See, I want to tell you a little story about Abraham. Abraham had a son, Isaac, the promised child to come. Did you know when Sarah was 127 years old, she died? You think that's old enough? Well, she died. And Isaac was her son. Now listen to what I'm telling you. Isaac was 36 when she died. And Abraham finally got it in his mind, my son needs a wife. Now you kids wouldn't want to be Abraham's children. Because he made him wait till he was 36 years old before he even thought about it, I guess. And I know that because when Isaac finally got Rebecca and she came back, it comforted him because he was grieving over his mother still. And it says that in the scriptures. But I want you to understand something. He was still under submission to his father. Listen to what I'm telling you. Young people, listen to what I'm telling you. I've heard so many times, when I get 18 years old, you ain't never going to tell me what to do. And I thought to myself, when you get 18 years old, you'll, want, you'll really need me to tell you everything to do. Because you have no idea what you're doing. You're going to walk out and fall flat on your face many, many times. And maybe that's meant to be. That's okay. You know what? He didn't tell me that he, wouldn't, he would stop me all the time. He just said he'd be there to help me up. And so many times he's helped me up. But I don't know about you, but when I... Did anything good in my life, who's the first people I wanted to run to? My mom and dad. Why? Because they wanted me to do what was right all my life. And they knew there was a battle going on in here. So when I done something good, I got to run and tell mom and dad. They'll get us to be happy as a lark. But when I done something bad, I didn't tell them nothing. I was quiet. Quieter than normal. And I was ashamed because my father and mother set a standard. They wanted to live for God. They wanted their children to live for God. And I don't think there's a father here that don't want their children to shine for the Lord. Oh, Lord, bless my kids. Keep them, Lord. You gave them to me. I remember when they came into this life. Lord, I want you to hold on to them, protect them, because I can't be there to protect them. They've come to that place where they're making their own choices, where they're doing their own thing. But can I tell you, they need to be pointed back to God's word.
that's the answer to every problem throughout this whole country. It's why our government's like it is. The men of this nation have stood by, and if they can get a better cable, they don't give a hoot what's happening up in, in Congress. They don't care if you abort the babies. They don't care what you do. Just don't mess with my job. Don't mess with what I want. And I'll tell you, your priorities has got to be God first. You've got to include him in your heart. You've got to plant his word inside your heart. And then you've got to begin to walk it. Don't just talk about it. Walk it. Let it be a part of who you are. Be a friend of God. That's what Abraham was known for. In Solomon, the fourth chapter, he says, Hear ye children, verse 1, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to, the no, to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was, I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Can you hear David's voice? Can you hear King David saying this to Solomon? Retain my words in you, Solomon. Don't let the enemy steal these words. Don't let him steal what God has said to do and to live. David knew what his son needed, and it was his responsibility to teach it to him. In chapter 6, Proverbs 6, verse 20, he says again, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually. When? All the time, continually. Keep doing it. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about your neck. And when thou goest, it shall lead thee. And when thou sleep, it'll keep thee. And when thou wakes, it'll talk with thee. If you talk to God, you read God's word, guess what? When you wake up in the morning, guess what's going to be on your mind? God's word. Go to sleep talking, thinking about God's word. You know what I've done? And I blame it on my, my uh, what's his name? Pilla? The Pilla guy. My Pilla. I blame it on my Pilla. I got a my Pilla, and when I lay down on God talks to me. I don't know if it's anointed or what it is. But I like my Pilla, and surely can't have it. The only one on the bed. And you know what? I don't know. I don't mean that to be funny I really just mean to tell you for some reason or other when I lay down there if I'm studying something all of a sudden God begins to talk to me all of a sudden he's telling me scriptures that I didn't even think about that I couldn't find in my Bible but all of a sudden he brings things to my mind and I'm thinking oh God that's what that means oh Lord that's beautiful that's really that's it and yet I can't sleep Lee I'm laying there tossing and turning I might as well get up but the truth is, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you gotta, you got to get some sleep. So I try to make myself lay there, but I'm worried to death. Believe it or not, I went to bed and got up in the morning and forgot what I was dreaming of, forgot what I was thinking of, forgot what God said to me. And you know what? It's like God saying, get up and write it down, lazy. Get up and write it down. 
But see, I want God to speak to me. And when I'm studying something and I've got it on my mind and I go to bed, all of a sudden I'm clear. I ain't got no nothing in my face. And all of a sudden that sweet peace of God comes down and he begins to whisper things in my mind. And even sometimes it might be one of you. I might remember something that happened to one of us. And all of a sudden it's like God is filling my head with what God is trying to do. And I thank God because, see, that's God talking to me. He's trying to help me to explain his word better, to get it across better. He said, bind them contending a heart, tie them about your neck. When thou goest, they will lead you. They'll keep you. And when thou wakes, you'll talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproves of instruction are the way of life. God is going to reprove you. He is going to correct you. Fathers, he's going to correct you. You can study everybody's book on how to be a good father, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit stopping you when you're doing the wrong thing, you don't have the right material. You have to have the source inside of you that checks you when you're doing the wrong thing. And sometimes it may look good. It may look good to the outside. But be careful where you go. Be careful what you involve your children in. Because you're putting that as a something above God. It's not that you might not, you may be able to discern the difference, but your child may not. I told this a long time ago. I went to, went to Coney Island years ago. I went to Coney Island and I met up with somebody, another kid I knew. And we walked around, and this kid wanted to play the, the uh, little game thing. You put money and give them money, and they give you so many balls to throw and all that. And I went to ride to rides. I, didn't, I was just a kid. But can I tell you something? That kid played the same games I played with him, and I lost almost all my money in just a few minutes. Because I, th I thought, well, this is fun. But see, I lost everything. But that kid grew up loving gambling. And I thought we were both just kids. But that kid grew up loving to gamble. Now think about it. You think it don't matter what you're doing? You think it won't influence your children? Look out. You can take them to a ball game. They can see stuff that they should not see. I've been down there when the drunks are staggering, when the women are half-dressing, they're screaming and hollering, and they don't even know who's playing. I know, it's bad. But I, you know what? You get to the place where you say, I don't want to take my kids there. You get to the place where you say, I don't belong there. I, as a man of God, I'm not bit, one bit better than anybody in that place. Yet at the same time, I know, God, that influence is wrong. What's coming across our TVs is wrong. What's coming across our cable and our satellites and all the other stuff that's going on, it's wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you throw it all out the window. I'm trying to tell you if you don't separate yourself somewhere in there, say, look out. That's not of God. We're turning it off that. Somewhere you've got to take the stand. You've got to step up. These are controversies of God. And you're the one that's standing in the gap. And you're supposed to fight the opposition. When the opposer comes, you're the one to step up. Come on back up, Matthew.
I was reading on the prodigal son. Most of you have heard this many times, but I wanted to bring it up. Why? It was the heart of the father. And you can't read that story without seeing what a beautiful father that those two boys had. And they both had problems. Can I tell you? Don't beat yourself up. The world tries to say, look at my kids. They're all special. They look good. They look like me. They got all this stuff that, that I helped them get. They're smart. They got great education. They got all this stuff. And can I tell you something? The prodigal father had all of that. He had a great house. But he couldn't stop his children from straying. But he says here, when the son came to himself... He arose, in verse 20 of Luke 15, he said, He arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned. Praise God. How many knows the son found the answer? I sinned. I have sinned, Father. I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Oh, man, if we could only repent, if we'll only humble ourselves before him, he can change this world. He can change America to be the city on the hillside if the fathers will come to that place. He said, but the father said unto the servant, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf, kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. DJ had start with repentance, didn't he? Number one, he started with repentance. If he hadn't repented, all these things that the father put back on him would have never came because his father said, I don't think you've changed your mind at all. I don't think you've turned from that. You just ran out of money. You just ran out, of, but you haven't changed. How many sees what I'm saying? Number one, you got to repent. Repent. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you live for God. This world is bidding for you still. This world, fathers, is bidding for you to be silent and don't say nothing about what they're doing in the schools. Don't say nothing about what they're doing in our country. I'm ashamed of them. I'm ashamed when I hear other countries talk of what America used to be. I'm ashamed. It ain't us. It's God in us. And when God ain't in us, we're in trouble. You hear what I'm saying? So fathers, you got a responsibility. Don't blame your wife. I don't care how mean she is and I don't, have, I don't care how much she rules the house. You have a responsibility to speak up and say, me and my house will serve the Lord. And I promise you, I don't care how, who that wife is, she's going to get her act together. God will straighten her out if you don't. But you first have to follow him. And you do that. You take the stand. And God will bring your children around when that time comes. Hear what I'm telling you. It may not be an easy road, but someday you'll look and you'll say, Oh God, why have you blessed me so? 
why have you been so good to me? I got beautiful children. I got two sons and a daughter here. And they're beautiful kids. And I love them. They've had their struggles. Some of it might be mom and dad's fault. But can I tell you something? They know the way. I remember when I got on my knees in this, at this altar a few years back on a Wednesday uh, prayer meeting. And I got down on my knees. And I began to cry. And I don't know what was over me, but I was burdened over my children. And they were only 12 and 13, 14 years old. But I began to say, Lord, I don't care where they ever work. I don't care what kind of job they get, what kind of education. I want them to know what true salvation is, Lord. Help them know what it means to repent of their sin and know that. Because, see, that'll keep them all their life. That'll keep them before God all their life. And God can help them. I can't help them. They have to walk their own walk. They have to choose to serve the Lord yourself. And I believe that's what's going on in their lives. They're fighting it. So am I. I'm still fighting. Where do we start, fathers? We start by repenting. We start by saying, Lord, I refuse to accept this evil way that our world's going. I refuse to be a part of those things that are ungodly. And I will walk with you. You'll see God move in your life. But you'll have to be determined. And God knows you just like he knew Abraham. He already knows what's inside of you. That's why he didn't keep things from Abraham. He already knew Abraham was going to do what he said he'd do. Abraham failed God. But can I tell you something? He knew exactly who he was inside. Praise God. Everybody stand. This is a very blessed nation. I have to tell you, part of me knows... I look back at our generations before, somebody said it the other day, when children, when men would get in a dispute with another man, they might punch each other out, but they didn't get guns and shoot each other. They didn't hate each other that way. They may have a, dis, uh, a, a distant relationship, but the truth is, They handled it. You know what we're taught today? They got bullying going on in the school. They don't even want to tell the kids they're bullying. They don't want to stop it. Your kid could be being bullied, and they don't even want to uh, address it. We got all kinds of things off kilter. Nobody knows what's right. They don't want to correct nobody. And you know what? Years ago, that's one thing we never got away with. We never got away. If you spoke out, my mom would pinch a hunk out of you in church. You sitting in church, you acted up, my mom would reach over and pinch a hunk out of your leg. Why? Because you was to respect the house of God. I'm not trying to drive something to yesterday. I'm trying to tell you that we have to understand the enemy is dragging us farther and farther away from what God's word, God's word says to correct your children. Them that you love, you will chasten. If you love your children, you have to stop them. 
you have to stop it in your house and you have to correct it. Praise God. I know you already know that, but I'm going to remind you of it today. God is good to us. We're a spoiled nation in a lot of ways. But you know what? God has showed us where we are in the last year and a half. Through this COVID thing, it showed us where the church is. It showed us where the people are. It shows where the hearts of the men and the hearts of the women are. I'm sorry. I'm not your judge. I'm not your enemy. I just know that as you bid for your children to come the way you want them to, I'm bidding for you to come God's way. That's what God's put me here for. So while they sing something, if you need to pray, you come. Long as you're living, you'll be making choices. Sometimes I look at our young people, and I know a lot of them at that age, a lot of them, but six of them graduate this year. A lot of them's looking for love, maybe in the wrong places. But can I tell you something? I don't care if you're a widow. I don't care what God's doing in your life, what's happening in your life. Put the standard of God in your life. Make up your mind. I won't move unless God tells me to move. I won't go after somebody just for their looks. You know what? You're going to have to find out, do they, does God approve of these? Sometimes we hook ourselves in relationships that we spend years worrying with. We spend years and they pull you farther away instead of helping you to walk a walk of God. But that's because we don't hold up the righteous standard of God. Hold him up in your life. If you're single here today, hold him up in your life. Be picky. How do I say it? Be picky. Pray about it all. Pray. Pray for God's grace. Pray for God's mercy. Pray for God's direction. He knows. He knows who you are. He knows where you're going. And he has great plans. The enemy has great plans to stop that. To stop what God's trying to do. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. But I see lonely people sometimes. And I see people that sometimes you can be 18, 19 years old and think you're already an old maid and ain't nobody going to marry you. Give yourself patience with God. Listen to him. Read about him. Listen to the stories. Isaac had come to a place, Ryan, he had to have him a girl. He had to have him a wife. 36, 40 years old, I think. And I'm thinking to myself, do you think God didn't know that? God had called him the promised child. God had great plans. Through Isaac came Jacob and Esau, and through Jacob, his children of Israel. Praise God. God had great plans. Don't worry about what the world says or nobody else. Put God first in your heart. Put what he says in your heart. Praise God.